Welcome back to the Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. I'm your host, John Melton. And I'm Donnie Whiteman. We are two Bronco enthusiasts who own Broncos, work on Broncos, and love talking about the Ford Bronco from Generation 1 all the way through Generation 6. Our sponsor for today's episode is Tom's Off-Road. Tom's Off-Road has every part that you need to build your Bronco from the ground up. This episode, we're going to be talking about the third generation Bronco, and maybe even some Dana 20s. Transfer cases. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Not a little tiny axle. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, welcome back. Another, another episode uh, in the wonderful shop of the Nashville Bronco Builders, Dream Weaver Fab, Nashville Bronco, all the things that you want to call this place, the Broncast recording area. The shop. The shop. Yeah. We're, we're back. Now, um, I got this question from Brian Harryman. Harriman? It's probably Harriman, but we're going to say Harryman. <laughs> um, back in October. Now, if you haven't listened, we did an intro to the podcast, kind of kicking off. We were kind of like, oh, what do we do with the podcast? And our wonderful podcast producer was like, you need an intro. So we like recorded this, like, I don't know, six minute intro at your, at, at his house, at, the, at our producer's house. And um, one of the things that Donnie said was that he would buy Bronco parts before groceries. <laughs> Run out of grocery money. <laughs> and so Brian Harriman uh, said, in light of the fact that Donnie is buying parts before groceries, has he ever considered attending Broncoholics Anonymous? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a problem. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking the about. The first step is admitting that you have a problem. <laughs> I caught myself chewing on an old armrest the other day, like gnawing on it. Yeah. And then so I bought a box of energy bars, but it there tasted the same. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, those are nasty. <laughs> I, do feel like, I do feel like it's a sickness. I think... Um, one of our one of our reviews, I, I'll, we're going to read some at the end, so stick around to the end. But Rob Matthews, um, uh, a fellow Bronco enthusiast, he had this beautiful orange Bronco called Patches, um, and uh, he sold it, unfortunately. But Rob said, I mean, I love Broncos. I have owned a few. But you, you are ate up with the Bronco fever. It's like you got your Bronco COVID directly from Wuhan. <laughs> keep bucking, buddy, because you keep the rest of us entertained. So we've, uh, Donnie and I have a problem, and it's, problem is more Bronco. Just need more Bronco. That's the only, the only solution is more Bronco. What have you been up to this week? Oh, man, we, we, uh. I'm tackling my first full metal roof. Uh, we're going to weld it all together. It's a brand new kit that um, you can get from Dennis Carpenter. Um, and uh, it's a chore. That thing's actually pretty big. You know, when they're complete, they're super heavy. But when they're in pieces, it's not too bad. So yeah. just making sure everything lines up. And, um, you know, it's it's a even the roof by itself without the sides is a two-man job. I don't know. I've uh, I've walked many of my roof off the back of my Bronco. Oh, yeah. I like full on turtle it, you know, like I'll get in the Bronco. <laughs> you wear it. Yeah. And I'll like kind of stand up. And what I do is I make three steps down from the tailgate. <laughs> it's probably the worst thing. And hope everything, <laughs> yeah. you don't miss a step. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> like if I miss a step or if I get one year older, <laughs> I'm going to like destroy my back. 
But you figured it out. You got yeah, a new system. That's true. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, like, well, I can't right now though because my the Bronco that I'm building, the '74 that I'm building, is in the garage. So, my yeah, my system with when I can park in the garage is I have like these eyelets in the roof or in the ceiling of the garage and like some ratchet straps and two by fours and it works pretty good. But without that. It's just turtling the uh, the old Bronco top off the, but my Bronco top, man, it's it is beat up. I need to, I need to clean that thing up, get the dents out. It's all kind of all kinds of ruined. Um. Uh. Hey. Uh. This is February sixth. This weekend we have our Tennessee club meeting. Uh, if you're in the Tennessee area, especially if in, if you're in the Nashville area, um, we do a, what is it, once a month? Second on, Saturday. Second Saturday of the month. Um, we're doing a Tennessee Bronco Club meetup. Last month in January, we did it at the shop. I was out of town. I wasn't able to make it. How was that? You missed it. Yeah. We had like three kinds of chili. Ooh. We had a fire pit outside. In, uh, it was like... 32 degrees and we still had at least 22 trucks here and probably 40 people man and i didn't think anyone was going to show up (laughs) but bronco people they're hardcore yeah they are well we're not doing this one here at the shop we're going to do it at uh someone else's place so definitely follow along on the tennessee bronco club if you're in the area but also um you know just our regular wherever you're at Find the Bronco Club in your area and join it. Even if you're a six, a new Bronco guy, sixth generation Bronco guy, or a first generation guy, or girl, sorry, uh, whatever your pronoun is, um, just you know, find a club and and join um, join the club uh, because really, it's such a great place to meet other fellow Bronco fans, enthusiasts that you know have a passion for it and i love you know talking with new bronco owners about the first gen i love talking with second gen bronco owners about you know it's like it's fun just to all the generations are fun uh to me and uh so yeah definitely look, look oh there was club. someone looking for you last last oh at that event yeah they oh. brought their bronco too <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm a Bronco. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, since December 25th, I'm a Bronco to uh, club member of some random Bronco club. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Adam's like, where's John? <laughs> Adam's awesome. He has a couple Bronco twos and uh, and yeah. a new Bronco and a new Bronco. Uh, yeah, he's uh, got he's got the bug for sure. Uh, good news. My wife has started listening to the podcast. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna have to clean it up. Yeah, I don't know how many how many episodes are we in? Like sixteen, and now she just started listening. She was like, "Oh, I listened to the episode where you were ragging on me for not listening to the podcast," and I was like, "Well, it worked. Time, yeah, time to to start listening." Also, uh, on a serious note, um, if you've noticed my head, it it is quite full of voluptuous hair. Um, (laughs) that was an awkward transition. I'm sorry. But, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, yes, um, I'm growing my hair out, uh, but it's for a worthy cause. Now you might be thinking, oh, is St. Jude's like collecting hair for, um, poor children that don't have any? No. Um, the cause is, I'm going to try to do this covering up all the important bits. The cause is 
I need a new picture for my driver's license. <laughs> and my last driver's license picture, actually my last two or three driver's license pictures, I have them all. I have an epic fro going on. So I have like this. Now that that's huge. Yeah. It's an enormous. You can I mean, it grow looks like a, fro. a helmet. That's amazing. Yeah. I was born in the wrong era for sure. That That's why the truck, you know, 75 Bronco, that's why it fits me so well. But yeah, so um, if you're like, gosh, man, what, like John is, you know, <laughs> he joined all the TikTokers and he's like perming his hair. No, this is all natural <laughs> and uh, quite, quite amazing. And my wife is a hairstylist, so she, she helps me through this process, but it will be cut again. I'm not going to grow it forever. I'm not Scott Schwartz. So how do you get it that big? Do you actually have to like to hold on to 220 <laughs> volts or yeah. something? Oh, all right. Just zap myself real quick. <laughs> yeah. 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 This will be interesting. Yeah. So, um, hey, other other news. Um, got a lot of news going on today. Um, I don't know if you saw Tom's Off-Road is our, our sponsor for the podcast. Um, Tom's Off-Road. Thank you to, to them. Um, but they came out with this really cool uh, one tenth scale, one eighteenth uh, scale. It's going to be one eighteenth, I think. That is, yeah, roaming wolves like diecast uh, or bigger than diecast bronco. Um, and this thing's really cool. They um, they just launched it. Definitely uh, check the the website out. I'll throw a picture up. Um, they have uh, a 164 scale, which is like a Hot Wheels oh, size, wow, yeah. but 118 is, I don't know, nine, 10 inches. Yeah. Super detailed. Yeah. Super cool. Um, the the so Roaming Wolves. Roaming Wolves is? They, it's it's uh, a sister pair. Um, I'm going to get some of this wrong, but it's a sister um, pairing, and they race in the Rebel Rally, which is an all-women's race. Um and they race there. I think it's a 67 um, Ford Bronco. It's it's yellow. But it, what the cool thing about it, we'll have to have them on the podcast soon. It they It's their dad's Bronco. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. So like, um, or I think it is. Or I, I know that their dad had Broncos growing up and they always worked on them. Um, and so they like heard about the Rebel Rally and thought, oh, man, it'd be cool to race dad's Bronco in, in the rally. And so fixed it up. And, you know, it's like, I mean, it's one of those like five days, you're kind of doing it all yourself, like navigating, racing, and you got to go to these different points and checkpoints and all that. Um, so yeah, super cool. Uh, we'll definitely, we'll definitely have them on sometime soon. Uh, isn't that like 1600 miles or something? Oh, it's a ton. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's similar to like a Baja type thing. Wow. Yeah. So there's a couple, I mean, there, there's new Broncos, there's Bronco sports. Um, there's a couple cool Broncos in the, in the race for sure. But I think they're the only classic Bronco in, that's in the race. So, um, and I, I'm should have written it down. Um, every portion of the sale of each of those 18th scale, um, models is going to some, <laughs> some, uh, something, something um it's for a good cause uh, for a good cause yeah <laughs> i i should have it's written it down but that detail uh eluded me um but uh but yes so buy them because it's for a good cause trust us yeah trust us um other questions that we got that i thought would be good for this one another q a which kind of is our diy or pay for this episode i get we got this question from david bruner 
After getting the Dana 20 out on the workbench, you find that everything inside is rusted beyond usable. Do you buy all new internal parts, including HD gears and shafts to make the Dana 20 bulletproof? Or do you buy an Atlas transfer case and adapters to replace the Dana 20? So DIY, PAY, um, swapping out the Dana 20, rebuilding the Dana 20. What, what uh, does that cost? Just, yeah. So if, if we just go to rebuild, so uh, Tom's has a rebuild kit for 160 bucks. So that's going to get you new seals. That's going to get you like some of the, the things that you need. But that's not, you know, like in this guy's case, everything is rusted beyond usable, that $160 rebuild kit isn't going to be enough. Mm -hmm. So likely um, you're also going to need a new output shaft kit, and that's about $500, just under $500. And then um, you're going to break parts. (laughs) I do. Every time I do an upgrade, I break like seven different things. And so you're going to need a little bit, you know, of other gears and and stuff like that that you're going to have to replace in there so i mean you're looking at um probably seven hundred dollar hard cost maybe even up to a thousand dollars cost plus some elbow grease just to rebuild a dana 20 but then you know that you've rebuilt your dana 20 and it's actually fairly simple it's a it's a fairly straightforward i mean you need to know the nuances of pull this off first, do this, then do this, you know, like there's an order to it, but it's not a super complex, uh, super complex upgrade. Can I ask you now, does how many wrenches would you give that? I uh, know. I originally said five wrenches, all the wrenches I, I did. And, and that's because I, in all honesty, I've never done this upgrade. I've never taken apart a part of Dana 20, Um, it's something that I'm looking forward to do on my 74, uh, but, (laughs) and your YouTube channel on my YouTube channel, but here's the thing. (laughs) So you could be up to a thousand dollars on this. Yeah. Tom's our sponsor sells them for like $995 rebuilt (laughs) and painted blue, ready to go. (laughs) That's an easy button. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm like looking at it like, hmm, okay, well, I probably should just rebuild one just to know how to do it. Like uh, a couple of my buddies, Matt's Garage rebuilt his on YouTube, uh, and then uh, Alpine Garage rebuilt his on YouTube. So I'm like, you know, these guys have done it. I could, I mean, they're they're more mechanically inclined than I am. I could probably do it too, but um, yeah. If, so, you, if you don't know what where the transfer cases in your truck look for the big black ball of grease that yeah. looks like a dirt clod that's your transfer case hanging off the back of the transmission <laughs> it's, it's right it's, in there around yeah. the end of the transmission that's oh, what yeah. it looks like yeah it is nasty and and yeah honestly like it is something that should be rebuilt on on the early bronco um and because it is it's probably never been touched in the 50 years that your truck has been driving on the road but okay, so going back to David Bruner's question, well, what would you say? What what's that? What would you give that wrench uh, for the rebuild of a Dana twenty? You know, um, there's not as many. It's not like a transmission, so right. I'm going to give it uh, a solid four. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. doable. 
if you have the patience for it, but it goes together one way. You know, you take it apart one way and you do everything in reverse yep. when you put it back together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and, you know, there's a lot of, uh, even if you just take your Dana 20 out, it's working fine, and you clean it and you put it back in, you're just like, look how shiny that thing. Let yeah. me show you my transfer <laughs> case. Come down here on the ground with me. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so to answer David's question, an Atlas transfer case is 2500 to 3000-ish. Uh, depending on where you go to find one. Brand new. Brand new. Yeah. Um, Super strong. So what I would say to his question is this. Like if you're planning on making this your off-road like wheeling Bronco that you're like just beating on and you're putting 37s or 40s on it. Yeah. Atlas is definitely going to be way stronger than a Dana 20. But for most of us, you know, we we're just we're going out and cruising in our Bronco and maybe doing some light wheeling. And yeah, we might hit things a little hard, but it's not, you know, it's not like we're, we're constantly going out and going wheeling. So I would say rebuilding a Dana 20 or buying a rebuilt Dana 20 for around a thousand dollars and putting that in is definitely the way to go. Um, instead of an Atlas transfer case, what would you say? Well, if you think about this, almost all of the Broncos running around have an unbuilt original Dana 20 under yeah. that's how durable they are. Yeah. So it's not like it's it's inferior. It's just, you know, probably time for a rebuild. Your truck's gonna leak from one bumper to the <laughs> other. The Dana 20 is probably one of those leaks. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um I also love uh um one of our listeners, Tom Anderson. He rebuilt his Dana 20 um and he sent us some pictures uh to questions at the broadcast.com um, you can always email us there, but Tom said, I didn't even consider an Atlas because I really wanted the twin sticks and the cost, the JB, um, custom fab twins, twin sticks, the cost of the Atlas was out of my budget. So, um, you know, some pictures of his truck there just so you can kind of get an idea, but he rebuilt it and, you know, it was like, no, an Atlas isn't even in the equation, uh, you know, as I'm doing this. So, um, some, some food for thought, uh, there, if you're looking to replace the Dana 20 or rebuild it or, uh, but if you're just replacing it, what, two wrenches. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, literally like if you're pulling it out and putting yeah. one in. Yeah. That's easy. It, I mean, you, you have the bracket there, the transfer case bracket that connects to the frame. That's probably the hardest thing to, to get out. But yeah, once you do that, it's easy. Um, and man, once you replace those bushings, everything will kind of ride a little smoother. So good, a good upgrade for sure. We'll move in right along. Third generation history. So we're talking about the third generation today, the third of the Bronco installments. We got double the, the second gen last, last week with our Courtney Barber uh, episode. If you haven't listened to that, definitely give that a little listen. Um, and a special tease for next week, we're going to have a special guest talking about the fourth and fifth generations, and it might even be the king himself, Mr. Todd Zerker, talking about fourth and fifth generations. But third generation today, Donnie. Yeah. Are you ready for the 80s? <laughs> yeah. It's a wild and crazy time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ford continues with their freewheeling graphics. You know, that's it's the 80s. Yeah. The outfits with the sunset fade colors on your yes. shirt or your sweatsuit. Oh, yeah. Whatever you're wearing. Yep. MC um, Hammer pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, those were like 
I think the first freewheeling graphics were yellow to red, almost no orange. Oh, wow. They were intense. When you see that on black or blue, yeah, I mean, it's just eye-popping. Yes. And uh, we were just talking about how those graphics sort of go away, and eventually you end up with pinstripes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, like smaller, smaller, smaller. Yeah, yeah. You can barely see them. Yeah. Um, but I love the whole 80s and the graphics and the red, orange, yellow, and the brown fades and even yeah. the Jeep Renegades. I mean, they had those yes. same color fades. Just yeah. awesome. Man, I, I will say the third gen is, and I've talked about this before, That's that one is the Bronco that I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could find one of those. I just think they look so cool, and it has the, you know, kind of the second gen looking grill on it. Um, but yet the, you know, smaller body style and all that, I, I really like how they look. Well, you know, um, yeah, so they changed the Bronco quite a bit with a third gen, which is funny because it went from, say, uh, I think they were 2,500 pounds, and then they gained 1,000 pounds wow, for Gen 2. Thing. Wow. Unless they got that wrong, it was 3,500, 4,500. Um, and then when they came out with the Gen 3, they cut 500 pounds out. They literally wow. went halfway back to the first gen Bronco and they made it a foot shorter. And it was like 1.1 inches narrower, huh. but they, they tilted the windshield back. They curved the windshield, um, wrap around front bumper. I mean, they really did a lot to change it from the 78, 79, which I always think of as like a Bigfoot Bronco, you know, that's the same grill. Yep. And, uh, it was, there were a lot of changes, but weight, I mean, they lost uh, 500 pounds. I mean, that's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is the, you know, beginning of the twin traction beam, which is like what we call IFS today. But, you know, that that started. And, you know, with that, you've got just all kinds of there's a lot we could talk about with that. But it was just interesting to me that this was really the first SUV that had kind of independent front suspension or the beginnings of it. It was still a Dana 44, um, but it was this twin traction beam type of thing that really is what we kind of model our IFS after today. That That is on your 6th gen Bronco today. It's completely independent axles, yeah. We yeah. were trying to figure out a way how to explain this on the air. I know. And it's chopsticks, pencils. How yeah. do we, how do we do this? Yeah, I mean, like if you if you imagine, you know, the difference is a solid front axle. Two wheels are attached. I'm holding a pencil in my hands. For those of you, for those of you who can't see, two wheels are attached to one, you know, solid piece of you know axle that has axle shafts and gears and stuff like that in it. But the benefit of that is when you're off roading and you go over a bump. What happens is that that wheel that goes up, actually, the axle pushes the other wheel down. So you're more stable off-road. Um, you're, you know, because off-road, you always want at least three tires. You know, you don't want to lift your tires off the ground. That means you're going to tip over. They, they call that articulation. And, yeah. And it's like a propeller. When one propeller blade goes up, the other one comes down. And yeah. It's it like how much the other one travel. Down. Yeah. Travel is probably not the right word. Yeah. How much does it articulate? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with my 75 Bronco, I have a picture where we were over at Duff's and we lifted it up on a, a forklift and I think we got it up 36 inches, you know? So like one tire is three feet off the ground and the other three are still on the ground, you know? And so that, that's the benefit of, of a solid axle, but IFS, you kind of snap the pencil in half and you have two separate moving pieces. So 
when one wheel goes over a bump, when you're driving down the freeway, the other wheel isn't affected. And that's a really comfortable drive. I mean, that's what all of our vehicles are these days, except for the Jeep. Um, you know, and, and it's a really nice drive on the freeway, down the street, um, when you're just cruising along, but you don't get the articulation that a solid axle has, and it's kind of lifts that other wheel up off the ground when you are off road. But you do get a really smooth ride. Yeah. So, but what's re- so we were we were looking at diagrams of this, going, how can we explain this? But it just kind of looks like you took a uh, a straight axle and cut one side of it yeah. off. So you've got the hog head or the gears in the middle, and then the axle going to the wheel, yep. solid axle, solid tube. axle half, and then the other side is like an independent axle like today where it's got a separate drive shaft and it yep. moves up and down and that's the best way I can explain yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like half solid axle, half IFS. Yeah. Yeah. But but because the solid axle moves, it becomes a full IFS. It's really ingenious because yeah. they've they've had that twin beam suspension in the early 60s it just wasn't four wheel drive. Yeah. Interesting. And then uh, the other thing talking about transfer cases. This this is when they introduced the NP208 transfer case, which you were talking about shaving off weight. Um, they actually shaved off, uh, I think it was like 80 pounds because they went with an aluminum transfer case instead of the Dana 20 that we were just talking about. That's all steel, um, gear driven, but the NP208 is belt or uh, chain driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's lighter weight um, and uh and, you know, probably not as good as a, a Dana 20 or like an NP205 that's also um, gear driven, but um, still good for good for light wheeling, light use. It's funny is that they called it, they also called them part-time four-wheel drive. And, and I'm like, well, how's it part-time? Yeah. yeah. Is that not full-time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually you tease full-time people and call them part-time. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, what was interesting was um, they actually did the, uh, they had this, uh, with the new transfer case, they had the automatic locking hubs. Um, you know, you don't have to get out and turn the hub anymore to lock it in place. It was this whole new automatic locking thing. So it was like, that was part of the, you know, part-time four-wheel drive was them just kind of, you know, like figuring out how to do this stuff and think about that too. Like, you know, on your Bronco, think about if you had to hop out and actually lock the hubs on, on your, you know, new Ford Bronco. It's like, you wouldn't want to do that. Like, it's so much easier. Like when I was going on the trails and I just push the button, you know, and it's like, uh, lock the, you know, rear differential and it's like, dink, done. So that was kind of jumping out in something you're stuck in. Yeah, exactly. Mud pit, <laughs> three feet of water, you know, I think one of my favorite things about the full size Broncos are the interiors. I mean, the trucks were bigger, so they had more room to work with, but captain's chairs. Oh yeah. I mean, it was a lounge inside this plush. <laughs> the Bronco was a lounge, yes. you know, and I just love that. They had plush carpet, they had armrests, you know, there were just all these things they didn't have before. They kind of reminded me of like, you know, those ants, those crazy swinging ants that you had that had the shag carpet, everything but the uh, disco ball. Yeah. You know, that's what you got when you went inside a full size Bronco. Yep. It was all about comfort. Yeah. 
Yeah, super, super nice. I think, um, I forget if it was third gen or fourth gen that started the Eddie Bauer and it was like these overstuffed seats and all that. It was just, yeah, the the interior of the Bronco quickly became like the hangout spot. Like, There was room for a ficus tree inside. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, it was like the hangout. Yeah, and moving into, you know, the drivetrain of the the Broncos, they started man, in the 80s it was like the the Bronco finally got the 400 cubic inch big engine for these things. So you had the 302, the 351, then you had this 400 cubic inch and you had I think it was the still had the or 300 inline 6 or is that later that that one came? But it was like, man, they really were were going big with this. But the craziest part, I still think this is so crazy. They had a thirty-two gallon fuel tank. <laughs> the like fuel embargo was over. Yeah, it's <laughs> like here we go. You know, like this thing, and they boasted fifteen miles to the gallon. <laughs> uh, on I forget which one it was, probably the inline six, but. You know, it's like that. That's not 15 miles to the gallon, but still, thir- on 32 on a 32 gallon tank. Like, well, and I like they call it that. They offer this new 6.6 liter engine, which is like a 400 cubic inch engine. Yeah. And it's just like it's just bigger. Buy it. You know, go big or go, <laughs> go home. Go big. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that. I mean, you don't see many of those 400 cubic inch engines around. I think that was like the F two fifty, F three fifty like engine, you know, before you got to the diesel stuff. And I just think it's super cool that they put it in the third gen as well. And I would love to have a third gen with the four hundred and, you know, just do the do a solid axle swap on it and uh you know it was an intelligent purchase i mean you get the biggest engine you can get and you go from 15 miles per gallon to like 13 or 12 (laughs) it's just like yeah but it says 6.6 yeah did you not see that part do you see how big (laughs) this thing is well i had a 73 pontiac grand am and it said 6.6 on the hood oh nice and i'm like that's huge yeah i what is that metric (laughs) what's it stand for and i looked it up it's like oh it's 400 cubic inches i don't think the bronco i think they stopped the badging with the the engine size which is a bummer because i would have wanted a 6.6 badge i think that would have been super cool but i think they started going more xls xlt custom like that was their their badging um on it but yeah i i bet because they were more it, like it really did it, like in in the 80s the bronco became more about like the look and the styling and you know it was like just everything screamed 80s the painted stripes the you know it was like all of that stuff was that's what the bronco became um you know i think you could have 20 different colors to choose from and two-tone and three-tone paint you know color schemes and paint job you know it's just like everything was about what is it what does it look like well the the three-tone paint schemes i mean not two-tone but three-tone you know you could get the cap and a different molded in a different color than the two tones on the body and yeah i love that they still had the the target band over the roof yeah and that could be part of your paint scheme which looked like a 
a hairband, <laughs> you know, or a set of what would be more modernized? A set of uh, yeah, uh, Bose uh, oh, headphones. Yeah, I was thinking of the trendy name. What's everybody what wearing today? Um, this is how not trendy I, I am. This is how not trendy. Either Josh, help are. us out. What are the what are the headphones that all the cool kids <laughs> wear these days? Beats. Yes. Beats. <laughs> I got it. I got there. I'm still young and trendy. Oh, because like beat like music. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode is going down. I still have my Walkman. If anyone else is laughing, will you just at least let us know <laughs> that you have found some humor in the lack of uh, style that Donnie or I have. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just going to nail me with that. Okay, nice. Fair. That's true. I did come up with beats. Uh, I've got more. But yeah, I, I think uh, the 80s were, it was, a, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool era, 80 to 86 on the, the third gen. What I think is interesting though, so the second generation sold uh, almost 200 thousand units in two years 78 79 was almost 200,000 that is almost the same of all 11 years of the first generation like I think that is huge numbers and then the the third gen was almost 300,000 for all six years or right around 300,000 for all six years it's like 50,000 a year yeah pretty good there were a couple years where I think in what was it 86, it sold 62,000. 85, it sold 54,000. So it was growing. Like the popularity was growing. Ford was definitely doing things right, which I really love. Like as we've been talking about the history of the Bronco, I love these little nuggets of stuff that we're finding out where it's like Ford really was kind of the innovator or like taking other stuff that was out in the market and actually applying it to an SUV and not just saying, Oh, well it's an SUV deal with it kind of thing, you know, like with IFS, like that's taking something that your modern passenger car has, Hey, let's make it more comfortable on the road, you know, but even back to when, you know, Ford put coils and shocks up front because the Jeep had, um, you know, the, uh, Leaf springs. Leaf springs. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they were continually innovating on the Bronco and making it better, which, um, which I think is, is something that we can all appreciate and we've all come to love, uh, about the Bronco. i I feel like Ford learned a lot in the first 11 years of the early Bronco. They did whatever they wanted to do and they weren't really customer oriented per se. I mean, they had this design idea and they served it to you. Yeah. And they kept serving the same thing to you for a long time. Yeah. And then when they got to the full-size Bronco, you got anything you wanted in there. <laughs> the ficus tree. I yeah. mean, you got whatever <laughs> you wanted. Um, so I, I feel like they really shifted and their market share grew as a result. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, um, in the movie Romancing the Stone with uh, Michael Douglas, there was a third gen Bronco in that movie. And my mom loved that movie. I mean, she watched, I felt like she watched it all the time. So it was always kind of going in the background and I'd always wait for the part where they had the Bronco. It was called the little mule and it like jumps this river, you know? And it was like just this epic scene where 
they get get away from the banditos who are chasing them, you know, or whoever it is, and on and the little uh, mule, on the little mule, yeah. <laughs> and it was such a great, great part of that movie. Um, but I always think of that with the, the third gen Bronco. Well, another episode coming to an end. Yep, it was a good one. It was fun talking about third gen Bronco. To tease next week, we have Todd Zerker on, but also um, we've got some giveaway stuff. So we've been talking about. Um, how if you uh, leave us a review on iTunes and uh, take a screenshot of it and send it to us, then we will send you a little sticker pack. Obviously, we need your address. Um, uh, but a couple of them today, John Keefe uh, sent us in one, and um, Scott, I won't say your last name, Scott actually emailed me and said, hey, can I get a hoodie as well? And I said, yes, you can buy one. <laughs> so he gets stickers and a hoodie that he paid for. Um, but I wanted to read their reviews because I thought they were great. Um, two really good reviews. Scott said, finally got my 1974 early Bronco, and I'm loving this format while in the car to feed my obsession. Plenty of good advice on repairs and where to find products. Even if you don't yet own a Bronco, it's, a, it's great automotive talk. And then John said, I really enjoy this podcast covering everything from first gen to the newest and all the talk on upgrading and how to fix things. Such a great show. So thank you guys. Definitely re- leave a review. Um, and if you want to, you can leave a review like Bronco Sport did, <laughs> which their name gives it away. They said, never disappoints. Hands down, <laughs> one of the top 20 Ford Bronco podcasts. <laughs> Twenty. There's, there's three. Two, three. God, I'm glad we made the 20. top twenty. Yeah. So thank you, Bronco Sport. <laughs> he wasn't bold enough to share his address with me. Um, <laughs> whoever, whoever that was. But I actually thought that was pretty funny. If you leave us a funny review, I'll read it on on the on the air. But uh, yeah, if you want a sticker pack, and uh, just to tease, we've got some really cool uh, giveaways coming up because Tom's Off Road is awesome, and they were like, hey. What if a part of sponsoring your podcast is we give you a bunch of stuff for you guys to give away? So we're going to be giving away a lot of really cool stuff. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So stick around. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for uh, watching on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, leave us a comment. Let us know how we did. We'll be talking to you later. Thank you for listening to The Broncast, a podcast all about the Ford Bronco. We'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Tom's Off-Road, for all your Gen 1 and Gen 6 Bronco parts. Our technical producer and audio editor is Josh Kohler, a freelance podcast mixer, editor, and trumpet player extraordinaire right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Find our video, podcasts, and other materials on our YouTube channel, Nashville Early Bronco. Thanks again for listening to the broadcast. We'll see you next week.